all your fault. Scarred for life. Yeah, I'm reading the book about uh, uh, the 70s by uh, Stephen Brotherston and Dave Lawrence. It's good. Because I was, you know, I was a kid in the 70s. I'm old. I shall wear the bottom of my trousers rolled. Yet, yes, I'm not sure. Anyway, the first piece that they tell us about, and the first chapter is around children's TV, is the Tomorrow People. And I remember watching this, and it, and I remember it being in as, as a sort of, um, as a sort of sub-Doctor Who. You know, I was very into um, the latter days of Pertwee, and um, when I think back on to the Tomorrow People, I, I, um, I don't often do, but I do more now. I've read about them again. I, um, I think of them as a kind of offering of, uh, of Doctor Who, really. It went for a few series, um, and one of the things in the in the book is, and it's quite interesting, is that um, there's quite a lot of sort of uh, there's, there's special people. Tomorrow, the tomorrow people. You need to be a special kind of person to be a tomorrow person. You are very different. When you become a tomorrow person, it's called breaking out. The the sort of teleporting from place to place, which takes place placing your hands on a belt buckle, so you've got the got the the, the arms wide and leg wide stance, is called jaunting. Yeah, jaunting. It's all very nice. And they posit the theory that this is about, in the 70s, of course, um, gay men coming out. It's mainly about men coming out. And seen through that prism, that's a possibility. But um, I watched the first episode. It's only about 20 minutes, and it's great, actually. Because what this is, is really... um, It's stuff that's not described to you. It's not explained they don't have to do a big discourse to camera in the first five minutes just to um make sure you don't experience mild peril or anything like that you know kids as well as adults can actually think for themselves you know they can piece stuff together so here you've got um the first series um, or first few programs is called the red and the blue uh, the green and the blue the green and the blue there's no red in it, Steve. No, there isn't. You're right. It is the green. You're absolutely correct. Well, why didn't you say so in the first place? Yes, I, I'm, I'm glad you've told me. Okay, so it's uh, it's the blue and the green, not the green and the blue. Steve, you've got that wrong as well, you fool. I know. Anyway, the first episode takes place in Stephen's school. Now, he's got a new student teacher um, who, you know, because at the time... This would have been quite extraordinary. When this first came out in uh, 73, I think it was, um, the the casting of a black actress as the uh, supply teacher would have been certainly interesting and might have outraged a few people. Yeah, it could have done, really. This takes place at Stephen's school. He's uh, constantly speaking to uh, his uh, older um, tomorrow person mentor, I suppose. Um... John, played by Nicholas Young, with a very kind of... I mean, the first time you see him, he's got his shirt off because he's been in the Bahamas swimming. He's teleporting, you see, or rather jaunting there. Um, and just to show us, he magics up or teleports up or whatever a, uh, a glass of Coke. So we can see that he's been on Coke to drink. So he's, he's been on a kind of trip there. So you are seeing his torso right from the beginning. He's a good-looking fella. Good-looking 70s fella, long hair, 
bit of a curl in it, very nice. Quite stern though, doesn't have much of a laugh really. And um, Stephen seems remarkably well uh, adjusted. Now at his school, one of his schoolmates has um, is drawn a picture, which is the uh, which is the changing weather on Rexall Four. That's very nice, I say. Big fan of science fiction, you see, he says. Stephen thinks, I've been to Rexall 4, because I'm a tomorrow person who can, it's quite advanced, so I can jaunt across light years, and it looks like that. That is exactly what it looks like. How has he done that? His mate doesn't know. They do talk, and he says, I don't really know how that happened. I felt that something was, was sort of guiding my hand, really. I'm not really very much of a, um, not really very much of a, an artist. Most of this is about um, the... Uh, teacher who is new. This is a second series, so it's first episode, second series. Some characters had gone, and they were finding their feet, I suppose, as a series. Um, and so, in their place came this uh, this um, this new uh, teacher character, and she can hear what Stephen's talking about. But as a teacher, she thinks he's just doing a a good sort of uh, impression. He's a bit Mike Yarwood, a bit Mike Yarwood, only good. And um, so she can hear him doing all that, and she thinks that's just, he's doing a passable imitation. He's got these kind of, um, these kind of imaginary friends. She walks in at one point, and he speaks to, um, to his mate to say, she caught me in the middle of a jaunt, <laughs> which is like, she caught me in the middle of, you know, something else that teenage boys might do. It's a, there is quite a lot of this, you know, so, the whole idea in the first episode is then convincing her that you are a tomorrow person. Whether developed or not, I don't know. Whether you're breaking out yet or not, I don't know. But you can hear me because you're a tomorrow person. Now, there's lots of chat with the, with the robot there who uh, is, is, has a posh, posh English voice because voice of authority, you see. And also, although they do a maths question, he asked, he asked, Stephen asked him a maths question and he's got it wrong. He has to be, he has to be told. Oh yes, it's the simple ones. I, what? Not a very good robot, are you, mate? And he's um, represented by lots of those kind of uh, lighting balls on the on the ceiling with the with the kind of um, oil lights, you know, the kind of psychedelic oil lights, but not in any colours, just so you don't scare you so much. Yeah. So that's the basis of the whole thing. Eventually. Because the teacher won't uh, agree or won't believe Stephen, John has to come to the school to see um, Elizabeth, Elizabeth M. Bondo, who's the supply teacher. And he just gets to walk in and she shakes his hand. You must be John. Well, you wouldn't get that now in school, would you? You'd need to be escorted on and off the premises and quite right too. He just wanders in and then jaunts, because she's going to tell the head teacher or the headmaster or headmistress as it would be then, he says, please don't do that. Jaunt so that she's taken by surprise and the show ends in that way. As a subplot, and the bigger plot is going to happen once they've, once they've persuaded her that you are a tomorrow person, or you are a tomorrow person, am I? Or you are. Is that the, the painting of the weather on Rexel 4 keeps changing colour. And somebody in a national TV, children, a national children's um, drawing competition has done the same thing. So at, the, at school, where the picture's been put up in the art class by Elizabeth, um, it keeps changing colour. And when it changes colour to a sort of purpley, there are fights at school. And when it's back to green, everything's okay. Curiouser and curiouser. 
Elizabeth Adair is very good, actually, as uh, as the as the teacher. She's got just the kind of I don't believe you feel without becoming without asserting her authority or asserting her adulthood. So that's really well done. She gets a very nice sort of um, openness to that. She can't. She's challenging her own beliefs, and that's really well done, actually. Um, and I, and because you've got the two of them, John and Stephen, with the uh, computer as well, of course, it fits really nicely. It's it's easy to see, and it, and it's settled in very very well. Titles are frightening. Music is um, is dramatic. Titles are quick cutting. Lots of images. Fright quite frightening. Black and white. As a kid, you would be, but you process this, and it's part of the thing that that you do to take you through life, isn't it? You might be frightened. I used to watch some of uh, Doctor Who behind the sofa, but I remember that, and yeah, it's what you process, isn't it? And then um, there is quite a lot more to see of Tomorrow People. There, was, there were lots of series. How many series were there? Let's see. Oh, we're into series six. Yes, it was six series. So you know, it was a big piece of work. And you get the, the, they are homo superior, which apparently the person who created this, um, it was mentioned when um, people say, it was mentioned when David Bowie was around, who used it in his music before this show ever came out. And homo sapiens are described as saps. <laughs> of course they are. It's quite nice. It's quite a nice feel that, well, you're not using the whole of what you could become. So it's good, they're a superior race. There is some justification, I think, for talking about this may be to do with um, people coming out of the closet. I mean, not as literally as Mr. Ben, for instance, comes out of the closet, has remarkable adventures, puts on lovely clothing, has loads of great experiences, back in the closet and back to work. Not as simple as that, but there's some really good stuff here, and I think I'm going to watch a few more of these. They're on YouTube, but you can buy the DVD if you want. And I'll be re revisiting a lot more of this stuff as I read through Scarred for Life. The book's available on Amazon or in other bookshops. Do get it. And do watch the Tomorrow People. Don't be a sap. Ta-ta.